0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat, and this is really the first episode, truly, of the NHL Penguins off I should say because at least last episode we had a game to talk about. We talked about Game Seven Penguins Rangers. It's over now. Like we're not going to talk more about that series. The next series has begun, and I'm not going to lie, it was a little sweet to see uh, the New York Rangers fall in Game One of the Carolina Hurricanes last night.
0: To a former Penguin, to a former back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Penguin, and Ian Cole, mm-hmm. uh, ah, yeah, it was nice. It, that was that was cool, and then it got blown out of the water by watching. Oh my goodness! We thought so. The Rangers-Penguin series was the highest scoring series of the first round. The Oilers and uh, Flames almost broke that number in Game One. <laughs> yeah, uh, somehow. That that's gonna be goaltending's optional in that series. I think that's a lot of fun. Milan Lucic might end up actually killing uh, Evander Kane, and oh boy, it's gonna be entertaining all the way around. Uh, so yeah, big, big shout out to Ian Cole for a big old overtime goal, but uh, man, you got overshadowed last night.
1: He really did, and I wouldn't think that the Battle of Alberta is gonna continue to be an absolute score fest just because I think Jacob Markstrom is much better than that. But let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins because that is what people come here to do. Listen to us talk about the Pens. They had a locker room clean-out day, what was it, on Tuesday of this week. So they're officially all gone. They've gone their separate ways, and the off-season business has already begun. As you looked through all of those interviews, you already saw players expressing their desire to return to the city of Pittsburgh, return to the Penguins organization. Raquel mentioned it. Rust was tearing up a little bit, but saying he's got to do what's best for his family. Malkin says it's not about the money. He'd like to play three or four more years. I wonder who that lines up with. And Letang, the big quote that I heard from him was, you know, I feel like we've built something here that I would love to see through to the end, but we'll have to see what happens because I have no idea what's going to happen. So Horwat, let me ask you this. When you watched all of those things, we obviously wrote multiple stories on it for InsideThePenguins.com. What was your main takeaway from locker room cleanout?
0: If I had to like roll through each of those players that you said, I would say Raquel is that he wants to come back. But if I, I, to be fair with Raquel, who isn't going to say they want to return? Mm-hmm. Who's just like, yeah, I'm out of here, bye guys. No one. So that's in Raquel's defense. But I, but some in some cases you can feel like it's a genuine thing. And Raquel, yes, I feel like his was genuine because uh, he missed out on a great opportunity to really play with the team in the postseason. And if you look at the numbers he put up in the regular season, that was my big takeaway for Raquel, is he said that um, he felt like Pittsburgh was a place he could take his game to another level. He scored 13 points in 19 games. Yeah, that's another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's see that over 82 for, for once. Uh, that could be a ton of fun. So I think he genuinely does want to return. Brian Rust, he's right. You know, you, he's What more does he have to do? yeah I mean aside from actually hit 30 goals in the season he's won two cups already uh he's played with Sidney Crosby he's the wrong side of 30 but now he's got his opportunity to go cash in on the biggest contract possible and we won't be able to give it to him mm-hmm. so uh thank you for two straight cups and thank for finding your consistency down the end it's a fun ride Gino that could be interesting there could be a lot to be taken away from that um but the biggest one, in my opinion, from that whole thing was Latang, who I, I think his biggest quote was uh, not that the team built something good over the last three years and the he through to the end, but I think the big thing was that the contract negotiations are going to stay between him and Hextall. No one else is going to know about it because I mean, sure, that's the way it should be but the fact that that was the first thing he said about it was, that's going to stay between me and them. Not, not a good sign that things are going well because a lot of times if there is a good little conversation happening between player, agent, and GM. It's a, it's a conversation of, ah, things are looking up. You know, you never know. It's, nope, there's a stand between me and Hexie. Mm-hmm. Well, you see here, both of you might not be back. Yeah. The biggest... Because there's some other nonsense. Not nonsense. There's some other very interesting things already
1: happening. And we will be talking about that in our second segment of the show. Speaking yeah. of Ron Hextall, we'll get into all of that craziness that has already started four days in to the Penguins offseason. But... The biggest thing that I noticed, and it might just be because of the way that the layout of the land is for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now with so many important players, not under contract. They're, they're not under contract as they're giving these exit interviews, so they're all very honest with, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I think Latang even said, yeah, I don't think we were we were close right now, but we're going to keep that between us. The Malkin was like, I don't need the money. I want three or four more years. These are things that not often do you hear player after player go up to the podium and say, this is what I'm thinking, this is where I'm This is where I'm at currently, because not often is there that many players that are that important that are all on the docket to be signed in the offseason. So if we even thought it was going to be interesting this offseason, which we did, it's going to be 10 times more interesting, I believe, than what he, we had initially had thought, really, be just because... You see the way that these guys are talking on their way out of Pittsburgh before this offseason, and you're just like, wow, it's going to get very interesting.
0: Yeah, and then tack on the fact that Hextall didn't even speak the, speak on Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know how often a general manager speaks there, but, I mean, Rutherford was an open book.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe
0: this is just Hextall being Hextall because we know he's a little bit more reserved, a little bit more conservative in his ways of uh, running a team. But, I mean... Because what surrounded those exit interviews from the day before to the day after um, led a lot to be believed on Ron Hextall, which we'll get to again. Mm -hmm. But you also have to remember what else happened at that exit interview that we haven't touched on yet. Because, yes, everyone's going to say they want to come back. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Any upcoming phrase is like, I want to come back. Of course you do. Because we gave you a spot in the NHL. Um. One thing that we totally kind of, we didn't skim over, and I'm sure we were going to touch on, was the Sidney Crosby thing. Yeah. So Rob Rossi said on the fan that Sid was cleared to play Game Six, but was told by someone in management and singled out Ron Hextall was told by him and management not to play. Okay, we all kind of roll with that and go along with it for a day, and then during the exit interviews, both Mike Sullivan and Sidney Crosby both said. He wasn't cleared until Sunday. Yeah. Of game seven. Okay. So now there's just more tornadoes happening. Because Mike Sullivan straight up said that's a false that's a false thing.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. It could be towing the company line, trying to make sure that the people don't know that there's a lot going on within the organization, which I think it's pretty clear from the outside that there's some stuff going on and we're going to have to keep was, an eye on it but and i can say i was told by a
0: certain someone that i won't give out any more information until i know more information there to exactly. be some stuff going on there, man th- i got to get in contact again yeah
1: we just don't know <laughs> as of right now what is going on we don't like there's rumors but you don't want to substantiate a lot of those rumors when it comes to the actual you know was sid held out by the organization in game 6 at the end of the day it doesn't matter cuz he was uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like they're forcing him out there with a concussion. The story would be very different if that were the case, especially with somebody with his history. But if he was cleared and they held him back because they feared for his safety, feared for his health, it could be too passive, but I'd rather them be too passive than too aggressive in certain situations with somebody's health. Because even though it's very, it was very important to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby to win this season, but at the end of the day, it is a sport and somebody's health is a little bit more important. So we'll obviously have to wait and see what happens with that. But for the rest of this segment, we're going to play a little game, one I didn't prepare you for this. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to call play something and I was trying to think of a better name for it. We're going to call it Pick Your Poison because there's a lot of free agents coming up. We will have our 3M segment coming up. I want to marinate on that a little bit more before we talk about that one. This is called Pick Your Poison. Don't think about the contracts. Just think about the player, what it means to the team. I have three little sections here that's going to be this or that. So pick one of two of these players for the Penguins next year. Evgeny Malkin or Chris Letang? Um, one's here, one's gone.
0: I think I'm down to Evgeny Malkin. Okay. I have my reasons too. I mean, do you want me to dive into it? or Just
1: really shortly. You don't have to go too deep into it. I just genuinely
0: don't think we're gonna be able to afford Letang. I don't think he's gonna budge on a number and that also involves his year's number that he wants. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's I just don't see it being feasible as much as we may want it. I don't see it. I don't see him budging on his possible five years salary starting with seven. Mm -hmm. Whereas Malkin we may be able to talk to and not work him down to the five million dollar offer that rumored was to be out there. But you know, I, I think
1: we can get him to negotiate. Here's my thing with this. Obviously, and I, I believe I'm speaking for you. You could just give me an affirmative or a not affirmative. We want both of them back. Like we would yeah, we would I, like to yeah. see both of them play for the Pittsburgh Penguins for the rest of their careers because that's what you know that's what Penguins fans want to see. That's yeah, that's what that's what dreams are made of from Lizzie McGuire. But I if I had to pick between one of two of these guys, I'm picking Latang. Like I would overpay Late. Like, I said in our first three M's that. Move on from Letang. Again, I like the way he's played. He has played the best hockey of his career. A career that could be argued is a Hall of Fame career. And he's been playing his best hockey as time has gone on. I'm aware there's going to be a drop-off at some point. But at the same time, I'm paying that guy because I like P.O. Joseph. I know you want him back into this lineup. He should be in this lineup next year. But nobody does what Chris Letang does. And if I'm picking between the two who I think you could... Not replace because it's hard to replace either of these guys. But who do I think would help them towards a Stanley Cup, and whose help in the lineup would be the most important? It's tough, but I'm taking Latang in that one. I can see it. I just I know Malkin's gonna be cheaper, but still, Latang. I I, I feel like his level of play is so much higher currently than Malkin's, even though Malkin is still like amazing. But uh, the five-on-five play. It does worry me just a little bit. I know he's he's not awful, as some people say, but his production there is not as great. Who sees it, it might be because he doesn't have a line mate either. And Lataneck's position's harder to fill. That's true. Let's just be honest. Right? that would be
0: so much harder to fill this year. We could find a not a bargain bin. We could find a second line center somewhere. Sure, there'll be some floating around, but something something about filling the top your top line right shot defenseman. That's not easy, mm-hmm. and I get where people are coming from in picking Latang over Malkin. I just, I just, Latang himself said Pio Joseph's going to be in this league for a long time. Yeah, you say you never know. He Pio do, Joseph does need to be up here, but it's oh, it's such a hard decision. But I just I lean on the side of Malkin just because just affording just being able to afford him. Okay,
1: let's move over to another one. This is a pick one of two as well. Sort of the same class of free agent this year. Brian Rust or Ricard Raquel, pick one of two. Horwat.
0: Got to go Raquel again. We might be able to afford him a little more than Rust. He's younger, but barely. Uh, But also, uh, I want to see what 13 points in 19 games can turn into over 82 games. Mm. Without Rust, probably
1: playing with Sidney Crosby. Yeah, Get what we all wanted all along. Yeah, that's the big thing. I want to see more of Ricard Raquel with Sidney Crosby. And I love Brian Rust, I do. And there's something to be said about coming up through the organization, winning two Stanley Cups. Becoming a perennial 25-30 to 30 goal scorer. Hasn't hit that 30-goal mark, but you know he was going. He out. hasn't played 82 games yet. Exactly. So I really love Brian Rust. I'd love to see him back here, and I know that's what he wants, but I'm going Ricard Raquel in this situation. Like you said, cheaper, a little bit younger, not very much so, and the magic that him, Gensel, and Crosby had together was phenomenal. So let's move over to the last one. This one a little bit larger. Horvat picked two out of three of these guys to bring back to the Penguins. Kasperi Kapanen, Dayton Heinen, and Evan Rodriguez. Dayton Heinen
0: is the one definite. Yes. I think he should be coming back when I mean, it's RFA. It's easier. It's going to be cheaper. Um, And he found his game. After, like, four or five games in the doghouse, he refound found his uh, former glory. And then the second, uh, he, I'm torn between both of them, but I'd have to say Evan Rodriguez just because we might be able to get him for dirt cheap. Mm-hmm again because that back half of the season was not fun we could if if your general manager name here you look at evan rodriguez and go yeah and in his age and you go yeah you the first half of your season was great groundbreaking what have you done for me recently because mm-hmm. it was a whole lot of nothing in the second half of the year and that's what you'd have to bank on in the negotiation negotiation situation um, whereas Kaepernick, I mean, my guy, could not get it going at all. He had, he had his flash or two of showing what he can do, but I just don't see it happening for him anymore. It's, again, RFA harder to get out of, but you find your way out and you move along. Also, for what it's worth, all these people you're asking about, I do have a story that's going to get posted in about
1: an hour and a half on all this. Hey. When you're, listening, when you're listening to this, it's already going to be out. Check it out inside the penguins.com. I'm sure it would be high on the features tab there. My, my answer in this one, I agree with you, Danton Heinen. I said it on the last episode, bring back Heinen. They need him. He is the best bottom six winger that they can have. He's a guy that can play in that top six, and I think that's going to be integral to next season. Plus, he took a lower deal to come to Pittsburgh. I'm sure he doesn't want to leave and see if that mojo goes away like it did when he left Boston. Same thing goes for Evan Rodriguez because – Yeah, he had a great season, one of the best seasons of his career this year in Pittsburgh. Does he really think a change of scenery is going to mean the same exact thing? I mean, he struggled. It was the tale of two halves of the season for Evan Rodriguez. I think there is a perfect role for him, and we saw it at the end of the playoffs, just in time for them to be eliminated. Fourth line center, killing penalties. That's the perfect role for Evan Rodriguez next year. I would like them to move off of Carter, even though it's going to be very hard. We'll talk about that in the second segment. I'd like to see Teddy Bluger as our third line center, and I would like to see Evan Rodriguez as the Penguins' fourth line center. So sorry about it, Kasperi Kapanen. I'm moving on from you in that instance. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, what is going on with Ronald Hextall? We'll have to discuss that and more after the break. What's going on, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. Whether they win or lose, you're a winner. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure to use promo code THBN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win to get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. What is going on already in this offseason? It has been four days. The Penguins got eliminated at like 11.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night. It is Thursday morning and all, everything is just going crazy. Everything is Losing their minds. Reports are coming out. Now it's going to die down a little bit because it's a five-month season. Let's pace ourselves, folks. But one storyline that could finish itself out and could play out very quickly is with general manager Ron Hextall. We all saw on Wednesday afternoon the athletic reporting that Fenway Sports Group asked him and requested of him to send in a written plan for the Pittsburgh Penguins' future, which seems like a very standard thing. For any general manager to have knowledge of. I mean, I would imagine you need to do that in order to get a general manager job. So that ask doesn't seem like it's too much from a new ownership group of the general manager, the incumbent general manager I may had. He pushed back on it a little bit, saying it is in his head, which sounds to me like, give me a couple minutes or a couple days or maybe a couple weeks and I'll get it to you. If they don't like what he sends them, he could potentially be out, and we could be seeing Ron Hextall be fired a year and a half onto a job that I, I believe he was what one of the first names that came out whenever the general manager search started, and he he was constant throughout that entire thing. He gets the job, and a year and a half later, with a new uh, management group, it seems like things are not so rosy for Ron Hextall. It's all about
0: that new ownership. That's what it is. They the day the morning after you uh, the Penguins lost in game seven you had mentioned that that was at about 11 30 at night well with, within 12 hours there was already uh people discussing the idea that he's going that he's under review by this new ownership because there wasn't full confidence that Hextall was the right choice which is totally fair from a new ownership perspective they don't know not that they don't know who the guy is they weren't the ones that made the hire and i think the first shoe to drop was the david morehouse situation he retired yes but we don't know under what circumstances. We're never going to know. Yeah. They want to put their people in the front office. And when you spend $990 million on a team, yes, yeah. totally allowed right. to do that. Yeah. 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 So I think it's totally, agree- totally fair for them to take a review of Ron Hextall into consideration. And then with the writing up of the uh, future plan, again, totally fair. I think... I would love to see what kind of like what goes into that kind of writing. Like, is it like do you just kind of list off your, your your name, the names on your team, or is it like, a, is it an essay? Are you writing like a, a letter, dear Fenway Sports Group? Are there well are there the pictures? It, <laughs> like, is it like is it get fun? Is it, I don't know. I'm just trying to like make this a happy yeah. time here. Uh, what, but it's it, brutal because at first he did push back on it, and then they said no. Do it anyway because we want to see what, we're, what we have here and what you're gonna do. And if they didn't like it, we're gonna find out in the next couple of weeks because oh my god, a yes. lot has to happen for a general manager at this point in the off season. That if he's not the one that's gonna do it, we're gonna find out quickly.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be something very quickly. And when you talk about the whole plan thing, this reeks of my eighth grade or ninth grade algebra teacher looking at me and saying oh, you got the right answer? And me saying, yes, I did. And her saying, well, where's your work? I said, I did it in my head. She said, hell no, you need to show your work. That's the same thing here. It's Ron Hextall saying, well, my plan is to win another Stanley Cup in the Crosby era and leave the Pittsburgh Penguins with enough to not be as bad as the Red Wings were. That's my plan. And they say, well, that's fine and dandy, sir, but you're the general manager of this hockey team. How did you get to that? How, how did you go from point A to point B? They're not going to be okay with, this is what I want to do. This is what we all want to see happen with the Pittsburgh Penguins. How are you going to do it? And he's saying, give me a minute. I got to figure that out. That's not a good sign for Ron Hextall.
0: So uh, to be fair, it is a long, it's probably a long thing to write out. You do have to consider well, yeah. quite a lot. All your free agents you have coming up. The fact that you have the, and you want to build for the future. The fact that you have the 29th highest ranked, whatever it is now, it's still not great prospect pool in the league. Yeah. you got to build on that somehow and for what it's worth i don't think ron hextall has made a bunch of bad moves as general manager there's one in particular we'll discuss but it's yeah. just i i don't think that it's been to a totally awful time in pittsburgh yet it's just a matter of what does what is his plan going forward i haven't hated what ron hextall has done to this team yet i don't rutherford after a little while you can start to see where the gaps were not getting filled Hextall, for what it, for what it's worth, again, he's done fairly decent. I don't think there's been too much to complain about yet. Uh, it's just a matter of how this new ownership group sees him going forward. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's totally fair. It might be a little bit of a hostile takeover from, from Fenway if they're like, hey, we've been here for a couple months. We need a new GM already. Oh. I mean, that's interesting. But
1: uh, whatever they want to do it's whatever they want it- to do. Here's the thing, in my opinion, with Hexton. You know what? I'll save that for the end. Let's look at how he has performed up to this point. The team has been very good in the regular season. I mean, they finished with the division championship last year in 2020 in the Eastern Division, which was already pretty stacked to begin with. They finished in third place in the division this year, despite suffering multiple injuries, bouts with COVID, losing both Malkin and Crosby for stints in this season, plus Jake Gensel missing time, Rust, all of this stuff. They've been really good in the regular season. But again, two first-round playoff losses. You can argue that they were the better team in both series, specifically in the one against the Rangers that just ended, but at the same time, you didn't get the job done. We are watching the beginning of the second round, and we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins offseason already. So that is going to be held against him, that the team didn't get past the first round, because at the end of the day, you know, looking back, everybody, not us, because we were saying, okay, maybe... You know, if he's sticking to his guns, I was a little more offbeat than you were. You were you were fully behind. Hey, he's sticking with his guys. I trust Jari. The fact that at the end of the day, it came down to goaltending, which was a major plot point of last year's offseason, that might get held against him. Then there's the expansion draft and the way that he handled that. Lose, losing both Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev at the same time, basically. You got in return Hollander and a seventh. Now, to me, Philip Hollander's season was not enough to warrant being okay with losing a guy like Jared McCann, who you would have needed in this lineup specifically throughout the season when you were dealing with these injuries. So it, it, I think it also looks worse because he chose to protect centers as well and Teddy Bluger and Jeff Carter, and I would have protected Teddy Bluger too. I, I 100% would have continued to te- protect Teddy Bluger. But protecting Jeff Carter looks worse now because of his performance and as well as the performance of Evan Rodriguez and Brian Boyle, who could have easily filled that role. So, what? It, looking back a year later, hindsight's 2020, but I feel like that's the biggest thing that goes against him.
0: It is the Jeff Carter thing. Is his his infatuation with Jeff Carter is the big is my big holdup with Ron Hextall so far. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I get you're gonna lose one of Tanner or McCann usually because just the way it is, Seattle was mm-hmm. gonna take one of them trading away one or the other maybe is a downfall of ron hextall but again every gm has a bad trade here and there we could have absolutely used jared mccann this season you're absolutely right because captain couldn't do anything at least uh, we're sure jared mccann could have scored a couple times mm-hmm. or even brandon tana could have done a couple things digressing on that though uh it's the jeff carter thing that is my big hold up with ron hextall i don't think we get Jeff Carter here in the first place if Ron Hextall doesn't promise a new deal afterwards. The the protection from the expansion draft and the promise of a new contract. Timing of it is adding in a little fishiness there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because at the time of the trade, when the trade immediately happened, I think me and you were both, if you we, we want to find that video again, me and you were both a little, yeah. why this guy? He's older. Yeah. He's not filling too much of a roster spot at third line center, but you know what? He may come in handy and do something. And he looked pretty good in his first few games here during the regular season. Uh, And we enjoyed it. We thought, cool, he's going to possibly retire after this year anyway. And he didn't. He came back. We're like, all right, cool. Swan song year. We love to see it. Halfway through the year, it's, uh, hey, he signed a two-year deal. Two year. Two years. He's 38. Mm -hmm. Two two years. 37, whatever it is. Two years. Not one, two. Oh, okay. Uh, That's okay. Maybe there's a way out of it. Full no move. Ron! Ron! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is the infatuation? Like, there's no way we... I don't think I mean, let's be fair. Jeff Carter's probably not on this team if he's not promised the safety of a... safety from expansion and probably a new deal because, remember, Jeff Carter was just going to retire with... A, yeah. Two years with a year or two left on his contract in LA, he was just going to call it, and good for him. But now here he is playing three extra seasons, and oh boy, we're locked up with him. Now again, new ownership could th- throw in a new management group and say, "Bye bye, Jeff Carter." Figure that one out, though. Good luck. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That's my big holdup for Toronto next all because expansion drafts, someone's getting taken. Trades sometimes bad ones happen. And sometimes you need, sometimes you look back on revisionist history. You look back on it and say, there's there goes uh, a loser, but uh, the Jeff Carter thing, I think at the moment we thought it was an interesting idea. It paid off for a little bit. And then the new contract kicks in. Now it gets hard.
1: Yeah. The Jeff Carter contract. and, And I do go back to when we initially saw it. We were live on stream with Doug Gladkey. And then we brought on Jordy Cunningham. Uh, of the king's den podcast to discuss it and we were like oh that's weird because there was rumors that they were up for alex i follow who is much younger and much better There were rumors that they were up for different players nobody ever mentioned jeff carter which was weird and we said okay we'll see it a year and a half left on his contract he's 35 at the time we were like okay i thought i like you i thought okay he's, he might retire after this season if not He's definitely retiring after next season. And when that two-year contract came in, we were like, well, he had played all right to begin the season to help out the Penguins when Malkin and Crosby were out. But it just went so far downhill so fast. And at this point, he is a glorified face-off. That is is what he was by the end of the season. And could he turn it around? Could he have a good offseason and become a decent third-line, fourth-line center for the Penguins? Yeah, he could. But two years at a no-move clause. And the big thing for me is signing that guy. When you have Malkin, we talked in the first segment, how many players? We we did three groups of two, or two groups of two, one group of three of players that I would have signed way before locking up Jeff Carter. I understand the importance of center. But at the same time, when you have guys, like Brian Boyle's not going to be back. I really doubt it. He tore his MCL. He's already... Missed a year prior to this year. He looked like... He he was great this year. I love Brian Boyd. He was only here in a PTO, too. Correct. He's probably done. But Evan Rodriguez, if you bring him back to be your fourth-line center, move Teddy up the third-line center. I think that is past due. You don't need Jeff Carter. And you have $3 million to bring back Rodriguez, which is not going to cost $3 million. But it also gives you a little bit of room to bring back Rust and Raquel, maybe? Or... Malkin and Latang, maybe? That's a big thing. Flexibility is not something the Penguins have right now in the cap situation. Maybe that's something that Fenway Sports Group wants to see, so we'll have to see what happens this offseason. But the way that Hextall was able to sign him right before that deadline that, that Fenway took over and he gave him that no-move clause, I don't know if there was stuff already inherently like a gentleman's agreement between Hextall and Carter. There is... They are buddy-buddy from their time back in L.A., but I can't substantiate anything like that. But at the same exact time, man, it looks very suspicious that that just slid right in before, especially before all of those free agents, even Danton Heinen. Heinen on that contract would have made me swoon. I would have been so happy. But it's very, very weird. And with this, this conversation all started, with the McCann-Tanep thing. Imagine Jared McCann in the bottom six for the Penguins this year. I know he went off for Seattle, and part of that was because he was playing in a top six role. Because Part of that was because he was always on that top power play unit in Seattle, but he still would have probably put together a good 15, maybe a 20-goal season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And when the guys went down... He was always a guy that could go in that power play. He was always a guy that could go in that top six. And if you had Rodriguez doing what he was doing on a line with even Carter and, and McCann, it would have been better. I, I've tried to, to give him the benefit of the doubt for over a year now with how he handled the expansion draft, but hindsight just comes back to bite him in the butt. And especially when you look at Hollander's performance, it was okay, but it does not guarantee it, it does not match losing McCann also for a seventh round pick too that means absolutely basically nothing yeah <clears throat> and you want to know the other downside of whenever we picked up Carter the
0: one thing that flicked in my head immediately for a team mm-hmm. that has need that needs to start focusing on a young core our centers went Sidney Crosby 35 yeah Evgeny Malkin 36 Jeff Carter currently 37 to, we could throw Brian Boyle in there retirement age Teddy Bluger you're on your fifth center and you finally found one under the age of 30. Well, not your yeah. fifth center, but five, four of your five centers, main main, on yes. ice, uh, center position players. One of them is under the age of 30 and he's 27. Mm-hmm. That's not focusing on youth and getting younger players in this organization to build a future around or with. Uh, that is picking up a definite rental for sake of retirement. And mm-hmm. that's again, like I said, you look at the numbers Jeff Carter put up in his first couple games here. Fun, ton of fun. He had a four goal game. That was cool. Mm-hmm. He did good yeah. things while here. We still thought that would have been the end of the road. And I think for what it's worth, Jeff Carter didn't have the worst postseason this year. I mean, didn't pick. He didn't pick up any assists. Right? I forget what it was now exactly. Uh, he had an assist, four goals and an assist in seven games. Is I'd say it was okay. Now, again, I don't remember how many of those goals were garbage time, but I remember a couple of them being good, timely opportunities. Mm -hmm. So it's not like Jeff Carter has been a bad player for us. I would like to. I mean, he he was a little bit toward the end of the regular season this year. Yeah. But it's still not enough to. But his good play, to me, wasn't enough to warrant a new two year deal at the age of 37. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you draw the line
1: for me. Yep. So let me ask this question point blank. Is Ron Hextall going to be fired? Oh,
0: it's so hard to tell. It's so
1: hard. That that vision board has to be pretty good
0: for him to stick yeah. around. I think if it wasn't good enough, we're gonna find out damn soon. And if he's going to be fired, is so hard. I think it's very possible. Just because new ownership group wants to put in their own wants to put in their own people they're not okay. afraid to build from the ground up and from the ground up i mean the ice up they might switch up the playing uh, the player personnel they might switch up everybody in the front office um if you want to keep talking about those rumors that were discussed on radio um it's almost certain that brian burke's not coming back it's mm. and it's a real question of ron hextall now so I think if we learn about Burke and Hextall, it's going to be – it has to be before the end of the month, I would assume, because new deals have to start getting talked about soon, and you have to find a new GM quickly. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember how fast uh, Ray Shearer
1: was fired after his season, after his last season. Yeah, I would have to look back. I'm not going to be able to remember that, but I agree with all of your points there. I I just – I'm not on the fence about it. I think Ron Hextall's gone. If if you're seeing reports like this, there's no way this guy can continue to work under that duress, because if he is, then he's fighting for his job, and that's not good for anybody. Like, you want to be in a position where your guy cares about his job, but not on the back foot knowing that the, the bosses are looking at his every move. That's something, making those moves under duress, making those decisions under duress is not something that you want to see from an NHL general manager. And as far as the timeline is concerned, this has to be in the next 10 days. This might happen by the end of next week. I mean, which is the end of the month, I guess. But nonetheless, this has to happen soon because you don't want to also rush a general manager search. We already see it with the Steelers, how long they're taking. They're plotting to pick out their next general manager. It's an important decision, even more so because of the way this offseason needs to go for the Pittsburgh Penguins in order to have a really good end-of-a-career situation for Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and
0: I can give you the numbers. Ray Shiro, because this is the last time we fired a GM. Ray Shiro was mm -hmm. fired three days after the postseason ended. After the postseason ended, too. Are you ready for this? A blown 3-1 lead to the New York Rangers. Yeah, that's a little. I got chills now.
1: That's a little on the nose. It a little. It took li- three days. It was May. A little. Th-
0: we lost the series. Oh man, it's even funnier when you look at the dates. We lost that series on May thirteenth of twenty fourteen. Oh Today's date right now is May nineteenth.
1: Yeah, we and the Penguins lost that series. What was it? The May fifteenth? Well, that was four days ago. Now Hexto lasted longer than Sheer, that's the big thing. He did. But uh <laughs> but we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna finish off this show with our shout-outs and call-outs. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast
0: Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL.
1: Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. So let's finish with our shout outs and call outs. I want to shout out Brady Kachuk and I'm going to try to bring up the video here and see if it works. Let me try to throw it up there. Look at this man. Walking up to his seats, two beers in his back pockets of his jeans, another one in his hand. Matthew Kachuk had a hat trick in this game. It's from the game you mentioned earlier where it was 9-6. to Listen, the support of Brady Kachuk for his brother is fantastic. And guess what? I am now fully, if I wasn't already, on the Calgary Flames bandwagon. And also, what a legend Brady Kachuk is. His memes have been the best part of the Battle of Alberta and it was a 9-6 to six game where McDavid had four points and his brother had a hat trick. So you know what? Am I a Sens fan now? I love Brady Kachuk. I don't know. I have enjoyed watching him, though, and that is my shout-out for this week.
0: That, 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 that clip's hysterical. It's, it's so great. fun. I mean, honestly, where'd you find that live shot of me when Mason makes his MLB debut? Like, <laughs> like that's incredible watching. I mean, just beer in hand, two two more in the back pockets just that's fantastic full. love it that's so fun um that's the way to celebrate your brother in the playoffs and he did this last year not this exact thing last year but he was all about the uh flames last season too whenever they were in the playoffs and the senators were out well you have um, to be
1: because the sense suck sorry
0: yeah but still like it's that's full support for your brother no matter the team and i think it's really fun that um it's a little more showing humanism to these players too
1: yeah he's not sitting
0: in a luxury box that and he's not sulking over not nah, he's not on my team i can't support anyone that's not the ottawa senators you know he's able to be like that's my brother i don't care what team he's on i'm gonna go support him and yeah. sure it's another canadian team so what like he's because that's the humanism of he is showing support for that team as well yeah cool stuff um and I wanna shout my shout out's gonna be fairly simple because it's just such a satisfying thing that I get to see every day. If you don't follow MLB home run videos on Twitter, do that. It's just what's the best part of baseball? Home runs. You just I could just sit back and lose just minutes just scrolling bombs on yeah. on Twitter. Uh, they post literally every home run that is hit in the MLB and every time Daniel Vogelbach is on there I get excited. Big Buck is a boss. I love it. Yeah, I, I follow the same account, I'm pretty sure, as just, you. It's, it's a it, lot of fun. It's fun. I mean, you, every home – because it's just satisfying because it's – you know what is coming every time. And just the, every home run usually a pure swing. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And the best part of it is, I mean, hopefully you get to see some pitchers get angry, some obvious, some bat throws, and yeah. walk-offs. I mean, there's so much fun stuff just on – in a home run, and I love yeah. it. <clears throat> I, I also – why it's my
1: shout-out, but it's just satis- it's just the satisfaction I get of just watching dudes hit dingers. Hey, I was two seconds away from my shout-out before I saw the whole Brady Kachuk thing. My shout-out was gonna be my dentist, because I had a really pleasant experience for once, and honestly, I loved it. So uh yeah, this is what this is for. It's for us to talk about what we want. But nonetheless, my call out, Horwat, have you ever had an unruly landlord? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. You have well, not as unruly as the Arizona State Athletic Board because they just dunked on the Arizona Coyotes, not allowing the yotes to put their logo at center ice. They're gonna have to play with. Not that it's a bad logo, but the Arizona State pitchfork logo is gonna be at center ice for an NHL team for an entire season of home games. That is forty-one home games there and uh realistically it's gonna be a tough few years anyway for the coyotes and this is just another little five pound dumbbell just added on the entire heaping pile of crap that has been placed on the coyotes over the past i'm gonna say five years but uh it's realistically been their entire existence basically gary 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 Gary, sit down have a talk with me give it up yeah here's the thing that i wanted to ask and i my answer to this is yes or sorry no i forgot how i phrased it in 10 years will the yotes still be in arizona i say they're not i think he finally gives up by that point. they can't be
0: there's no way G- gary's got to give it up i mean how i kept calling him the uh phoenix coyotes well hey you know i'll remember they're arizona now because they're gonna be the arizona state coyotes okay <laughs> um yes ugh, gary give it up i saw that headline and <laughs> i couldn't help but stifle a giggle that's just really funny
1: you know the it's- the tiktok sound oh no oh no oh no 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 it's what i hear every time i see coyotes come up on my feed
0: with the new headline that is not good
1: just yes
0: yeah all right thank goodness phil kessel's getting out of there right please say he's getting out of there i
1: I would imagine he's not gonna resign rick Talkett got out of there (laughs) well rick Talkett was also forced out of there
0: good he you know what better on him
1: he's great on tnt so i think it worked out for the best yeah but
0: Man, someone get Phil out of there, please. Ha, yeah. Phil,
1: well, here, Phil. Here's a three million dollar contract. Uh, there's a, there's already rumors that Mark Andre Fleury could be headed back to Pittsburgh. Just bring them all back. <laughs>
0: okay, the marc Andre Fleury we could talk about whenever we have a dead week, but uh, yeah, let's...
1: oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that at some point this off season. but not not today. Or what? What's your call out? <clears throat> remember? Do you remember my call out last week? Uh, it's been a long week,
0: man. Calling out teams that uh, bar people from outside of their area
1: yes oh i know where this is going
0: uh the carolina hurricanes did it listen i know i was just shouting you guys out not that long ago uh but i was i saw the carolina hurricanes do that and barring anyone outside of north carolina from buying a ticket to their Mm -hmm. game yeah to their games and my first thought was all right be that way go rangers and then i started watching the game and went what no go hurricanes hold on so quickly i was back on the hurricanes bandwagon but stop with this barring people from buying your tickets it's dumb you cannot grow a fan base that way especially for carolina who with with very recent memory had an empty arena and it wasn't a pandemic yeah you're lucky to have the fans you have now you want to know why you did it because you grew your team when the bunch of jerks things happened i don't know exactly how many people were coming in from out of town to watch that The, the number couldn't be zero so you did a great job of growing your team and then putting a fun product on the ice and making it to the second round and playing against the new york rangers i mean don't get me wrong it's cool that bud light stepped up for the rangers fans i haven't looked into the details of that yet
1: my god
0: and said that um they'll they'll probably get rangers fans beers i haven't looked free
1: beer you get like a stipend for beer if you're a rangers fan and get into that arena good and that's good for
0: bud light yeah um but I also didn't like that the, that the Hurricanes ha- just had to clap back at them. No, they
1: you- buried them. I loved it. That was cool, yes.
0: Uh, it was great, but I looked at it as, that's a good joke. You shouldn't have had to have made it, make it, though, because well- you made a very dumb decision.
1: Yeah, but i I just... First of all, I'm not I'm not a Bud Light drinker, uh, and I think at least State of Hoppy who listens to this will be happy to hear that, but like...
0: Like, it was a good joke. Don't get me wrong. I appreciated
1: I, it, but Oh, yeah, and, and for those of you who didn't see it, they basically quote-tweeted that tweet from Bud Light saying they were going to give free beer to Rangers fans at the game. They quote-tweeted it and said, it's fine, we already give out free water at the fountains.
0: Which, no, hysterical. Love that. And I thought so that was good. really funny, but then I remembered the context of it and went... It's a good joke, but you're both taking L's, right? Like Bud Light is taking an L. All three of you are taking L's. Bud Light's taking an L. The Hurricanes took an L with their decision to bar people from buying tickets. And then the Rangers took an actual L in the game, and that's the most happy one of
1: all. We started the show on Ian Cole. We finished the show on Ian Cole, baby. I I wish the Penguins would have kept him. But nonetheless, I I loved it. I know at the core it is from an issue that you dislike. But uh, nonetheless, that is this episode, which – Ends up being, and this is this is news to everybody because only a handful of people know, this will be the last show of Tip of the Iceberg podcast with the Hockey Podcast Network. Both Horwat and I will continue to do the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, but it will be for our new home at Fan Nation for Inside the Penguins. We're switching over, but it'll be the same podcast, both of us. Hopefully... We'll continue to grow it. Hopefully, you'll continue to grow with us because we have loved all the support that we've gotten for three years from these fantastic listeners of the Hockey Podcast Network. I want to quickly... Obviously, I'll give you some time too, Horwat, but I do want to shout out uh, Isha and Dylan who have been with us every every start of the way, you know, every step of the way. Dylan initially uh, sent us a DM back in 2019. Just said, hey, could you send me a message? And I did, and then, you know... We were about to cover the Ducks, and it turns out there was an opening, and we've gotten to do this fantastic podcast for three years. Uh, Great friends at the network. Great listeners at the network as well. Uh, We certainly wish them all the best. I I think I speak for both of us when I say that. And uh, that will not be the end you hear of us. Like we said, Tip of the Iceberg podcast, we personally will be back on Monday with a new episode. Should be the same feed. I'm going to work on all that logistic stuff tomorrow, but it should be the same feed, should be the same of everything else, except a little bit of different branding and and a different umbrella, which we'll be operating under. But again, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'll give uh, your your time to discuss this here a little bit yeah absolutely i mean past three
0: years have been mind-blowingly entertaining and fun for us to have this platform and i don't know if we exactly would be where we are today without uh the work that dylan and nisha have done and giving us this opportunity uh because it was this podcast that got us continued to be noticed by noah at uh, uh fan nation so big shout out to all of that um yeah, without <clears throat> Delanisha, I don't know where exactly what what exactly we're doing today, and I need to send them a message thanking them personally. Still, yeah. Uh, but again, friends that we will have for a very long time through the network. I mean, I'm sure Troll's gonna invite us on hey, <laughs> eventually. Listen,
1: Troll, Troll owes me a dinner. The Penguins lasted longer than the, the Capitals in the playoffs. He owes me a dinner and some nice wine, and he already said he's gonna pay up. So why a single game again? <laughs> but, two straight years, baby. Um, but yeah,
0: like. <laughs> we'll still have I'm sure this isn't the last time you hear our oh you will hear our voices on a on a hockey podcast network show but um yeah past three years have been awesome friends that we'll have for a very long time people that we will still communicate with for a very mm-hmm. long time and it grew our fan base to everyone that is listening out there right now thank you to everyone thank you to Dylan Asia especially and ex- we're me and you Berlin we're both excited for the future yes y'all know there's great things coming and it's coming quickly and Boy, uh yeah tag along everybody strap in it's uh already
1: firing up well one last thank you again to the Hockey podcast network to dylan to isha to amaze media labs as well who has uh, stepped in about halfway through our journey here at the network and and really been a really nice backstop for us and also just very supportive as well but that's gonna do it for this episode of the tip of the iceberg podcast Oh, we'll be back. We're going to be back on Monday with a new show. Same platforms, a little bit more YouTube content from what I'm hearing. But nonetheless, the same two random Knicks coming at you with the best hockey talk that they can possibly muster. So we'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at horwat 41 and at Nick You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.